This episode of Mark My Words is sponsored by the Coatings Alliance, makers of C2 Paint. When C2 President Tom Hill asked me my opinion of what would make a program for their super premium wood finish product, Guard, more attractive to dealers, I shared my view that dealers look for three things when they're considering putting new products in their stores. They want a low initial investment, they don't want to have to spend any money on equipment, and they want to know that if the program is not successful, that they can send the product back. And so that's exactly what C2 put together in their program for Guard. I only wish my daughter Buckwheat would listen as well. So if you're interested in hearing more about this program, you can do one of two things. You can go to c2dealer.com to read more, or you can email Tom Hill yourself and ask him any questions you have. That's th, the number four, at c2paint.com. Hey everybody, it's Mark. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, with me today on my episode is Frank Cohen. Frank is a uh, consultant who works with independent paint retailers and, and what he does is maximize returns on, on design and decor and wallpaper and window treatment departments. And if you don't have a department like that, he can actually initiate that process for you. I came across Frank. I didn't even know he was doing this. Frank and I are old, old friends. I've known Frank since he owned two paint stores in New York uh, Metro, just a little bit north of the city uh, when I was a, a young paint dealer. And I, I got to know Frank trading paint with him. And uh, we had a couple of sales reps that we shared. So we had some overlapping business a little bit. And of course I knew him, anybody who's ever been to an all pro show when Frank was a member knows Frank, he was always the happiest guy at the bar in the meetings and the biggest smile. And so I've known Frank for years and, and he got in touch with me a couple of weeks ago and, and told me what he was up to and asked if I had any, you know, advice or anything I could give him how to reach out to uh, paint dealers and share what he's doing. And I was like, I think what you're doing is really cool. So let's have you on a, a podcast and see what other retailers think. And so there are a lot of different business models for independent paint dealers, right? And, and one of the more successful ones, particularly for the smaller dealers that don't want to invest a million dollars in six stores. One of the better ones is a a design store within a paint store. One of the things that I've always advised dealers on uh, when I've worked with them over the years, you want to keep your paint purchases somewhere in the 40-50% range of your purchases, of your, of your total volume. And the reason you want to do that is if you're buying, if you're painting your paint sundries is 95% of what you're doing, then you better hope that consumers uh, are looking to buy paint that year or, or you're out of business. You're going to have a really difficult year. The dealers that do a good job of keeping their paint volume, uh, their paint purchases low as a percentage of their total purchases, they do that by uh, increasing their wallpaper purchases, increasing their window treatment purchases, increasing their purchases of decor. There are other ways to do that. And when you do that, you 
create for yourself a more diversified business that's not dependent necessarily on any one department to succeed. You can have down quarters with wallpaper. You can have a year go by where you don't get the big uh, wallpaper or window treatment sale, but you've got paint and paint has been strong. And so you're doing okay. Or, or you, you've got paint and your hardware has been strong, or sometimes paint is not strong. And same thing can go for the wallpaper, the window treatment. So it's a good idea to diversify your offering. And, and what Frank is talking about is really a, a turnkey way uh, to do that for dealers that, that don't have anything. And for dealers that are in that space, you're listening to a guy who's got a, a doctorate on how to do this. Uh, Frank was one of the first dealers that I knew uh, that had a paint store that was really a, a design store as as well, or even primarily a design store. And of course he sold paint and he had, uh, uh, in addition to that, he had uh, big brush selections. He had all the sprayers and the ladders. He had all of that too. But in that, he also had a very big design center. And I'm talking about going back to the 1980s, he had that and was very successful uh, with that over the course of his career. I know that his experience brought a lot of success to the All Pro Group. He was president of the group for a time and, and certainly instrumental uh, on some of the committees, the wallpaper and the window treatment committees. And so he really knows the space. And so if you're a, an independent dealer, if you're a, a paint dealer and you're not overly happy with the performance that you're getting from your design and decor department, or you think you could sell more wallpaper and window treatment, or you think you're not getting the margins or, or getting the opportunities uh, that you would think you would in your market, then then listen to Frank or reach out to Frank. And and he's really a, a great resource for helping you fix that problem. So give a listen, shoot me a text, like, subscribe, you know the story, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining me today. With me today is one of my oldest friends from the paint industry, and, and I'm going to get right into it with him and let him describe how we know each other. Frank Cohn, Frank, it's fabulous to see you. And Mark, it's great to be on your podcast, and it's great to see you in a, in a Yankee hat. And, uh... <laughs> so, Frank, you are one of the few people in the paint business around long enough to answer this question. Was I as big a schmuck at 30 as I am at 57? I think you're improved with age. Okay, uh, kind of like, like a Boone's Farm fine wine. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm an acquired I love, taste. I love the current look. I, I love the goatee. It it, it 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 looks good on you, Mark. And, and thanks, Frank. Uh, thanks. I appreciate you having me here. Yeah. So let's let's get to it. You have a, a fabulous story. Uh, we have a lot of parallels in our path. You were a, an independent retailer. We're going to get into uh, why you're here now, uh, what, what, what it is that you want to talk about here today. But let's talk a little bit about your history. How did you become an independent paint retailer? Great. Well, like so many of my friends and colleagues, they kind of grew up with parents owning a, a paint and wallpaper store. And um, my dad uh, bought his paint store in 1950 in Poughkeepsie, New York. And there's a little history. Was that the there. store I that I knew? Is that the Sun store that I knew? That was yes. He he wow. and he emigrated from Holland uh, post World War II with my mom, and um, my mother's mother was living in New York City, and they need they wanted to be close to the metropolitan area, 
And my father came from a wallpaper manufacturing family. Um, in the 30s and 20s and 30s, my grandfather uh, had a wallpaper factory in the Netherlands. My father worked there and traveled uh, on a bike, distributing wallpaper books, trying to place books. So wallpaper was always uh, part of his life. And then when they came to New York in, in, in the 50s, they wanted to buy a business. And this business, Sun Wallpaper and Paint, was for sale in Poughkeepsie. It was a it was a 1920 business. So it was, it was somewhat of a mature business. Yep. And I remember that store very well. I was there a number of times, as you know. You know, like, like many of your listeners, uh, I graduated college on a Friday. And that Monday, I was, well, actually that Saturday, I think. Right, right. <laughs> um, I was in the store and he, you know, started me in the warehouse and then I did some road sales and, and eventually, you know, did what most of us have done and then slowly take over. And, and he, I think he did a good job in trying to keep me um, under wraps. And, and, and that store was interesting to me because as a New York City guy, uh, I was living sort of a different life than you in terms of business. I, I had my stores in the Bronx and we were basically Benjamin Moore sort of blow and go, you know, high volume uh, stores. Uh, we were in New York City. We had, you know, one parking space in the front. If you happen to have a quarter in your pocket, you, you know, for the meter, you could take it. And I remember the first time I saw your store, first off, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was enormous. And at least by New York City standards. Sure. It and was, you had a big parking lot and you had wallpaper books and window treatments. You were a, a really a design center and one of the first ones uh, uh, that I knew of in the market. Well, we had an interesting scenario in at that time or in Poughkeepsie. Um, there was a Ben Moore dealer who was a great dealer and very clean competition and uh, we were never, Sun was never going to get the Benmore line. So we had uh, other lines, Stratton Lambert, yep. um, DeVoe, uh, yep. before it was acquired. And, you know, we were really selling our name Sun uh, and, and the design end and then the commercial paint end, um, which, which some of our lines were very strong and especially DeVoe. The DeVoe was a really good line in New York with uh, with commercial painters back in. Frank and I are now talking about probably, I'm talking about anyway, probably the late 80s, early 90s. DeVoe, very strong. It was actually, I think DeVoe was, was the first paint coating in America, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, yep. So, you know, and we were blessed with um, a lot of schools, hospitals, institutions, uh, which we focused on. We knew that by not having been more, we had to have some things that would bring people in. Since my dad came from wallpaper, it, wallpaper was always a big part of our business. And, and then that transcended into window treatments, area rugs, and, and all of those things. And, and you know, one of the things the, that I found interesting was that we just weren't a retailer with, with uh, design and decor. A lot of the schools like the culinary and Vassar College at the time, they needed design products and design help. And, you know, a lot of times dealers don't realize that it's just not homeowners coming in that, that need window treatments or wallpaper. A lot of times you can parlay your 
existing relationships with commercial accounts. And having those things is a great way to keep other people out of, out of your accounts. Uh, the e easiest way to grow your business, in my opinion, is to sell more stuff to the people that are already coming into your stores, you know? Exactly. And, and, and so um, I, I, I want to spend some more time talking about your stores because I remember Sun was a very unique uh, uh, store. Like I said, back in New York, when I would have come across it for the first time, there weren't a lot of paint stores that, that looked like you. Uh, but I, I know that you don't own it anymore. So why don't we talk a little bit before we get too far away from where we started. Uh, where are you now? I know you don't own the stores anymore. So yeah, um, we were acquired, um, uh, I think in, by a larger entity in 2011. Yep. And at the time I was working for the, the person who acquired us. And during that time, uh, one of my dear friends in the paint business, Elliot Greenberg, uh, suggested that maybe I could start a de de design and decor division in the Rings End company in Connecticut it, and it was right a, up your alley and it was a it was a heck of an opportunity um, yeah. and a great operation and it was kind of the ultimate challenge because you know it was a, a three generation lumber and paint company Elliot brought paint in about 22 years ago they sold no yep. paint yep. today I think they might be the one or two uh, been more dealer in the country I believe you're right. And, and it's funny, I, I remember 25 years ago where when they were a Pratt and Lambert dealer with a relatively low volume. Yes. Um, so uh, Elliot uh, gave me the challenge of starting there. They, at the time they were doing they had three stores that were doing some window treatments and he wanted me to roll out 12 more design centers uh within a year or two and bringing in other design products i spent seven years uh building a design and decor business for ring zen which today is is flourishing and doing really really well yep and that's ring zen is the all pro member slash paint slash uh lumber uh distributor and they're right here in connecticut actually they're in my backyard they're their corporate headquarters right up the street in darien Exactly. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you know, All Pro briefly because Sun was a member of All Pro and as this rings end, uh, and yeah. I spent a lot of time um, at All Pro meetings. Uh, I believe in it. I actually was a past president and a uh, member of the board. And I spent about 10, 12 years uh, as head of the decorative products committee, which really trained me. Um, how to negotiate what was important to, you know, to, to vendors. Uh, and I tried to teach vendors what was important to us in terms of things that, you know, the independent retailer needed to succeed in design and decor. And all of my paint years added up to give me a lot of experience, which kind of segued into the fact that I wanted to uh, start my own consulting business and I wanted to assist and help the independent paint dealer diversify and get into other products with higher margins uh, because a lot of people sell paint. And, but, and, and as you know, Mark, uh, a ton of dealers are now getting into hardware. Um, yep. Many are buying into the True Value or Ace franchises. And, yep. and that is a great way to keep 
you know, paint stores busy all year round, not just seasonally. And design and decor uh, is an all year round business and um, can be a function of paint and color. And you're selling to the same customer, which is again, like we said before, what an easy way to increase your sales volume is to sell an extra something to the person who's already standing at your counter. The, you know, that, that customer's in your store for a reason. They trust you. They take your advice. You've probably, a dealer has probably helped them with either deliveries or solving a color problem. And that trust factor is, is all you really need to move forward with other products. A lot of the independent paint stores have, have color consultants. And if you have a color consultant and you're not taking that part of the business and, and moving forward with design, you're, you're 90% there. And I would say you're missing a big opportunity is what you're saying. Yes, because you're getting the trust factor of helping someone with their colors. A lot of time homeowners want that color consultant to go into their homes. And then once you go into their home, I think that I don't know what the PDCA uh, percentage is, but usually it's 80 or 85 percent. You're going to sell them other things. Right. I'm in the house. I can close the sale. Exactly. And, you know, there's always space. One of my challenges at Ringzen was to find space. And there's always space to be found within your existing store. Sometimes you need an outside eye to walk around and look at, look at, you know, what you have. Just one thing that we've done is actually, if any of the paint dealers out there stare at their paint rack, there's a lot of wasted space right there. And, and that's where a lot of the eyes first start. And if those eyes are looking at paint chips and then on the bottom, they might see, you know, wallpaper books and, and, and well-branded books that, that might be kind of eye candy to, to some of your customers. It leads to conversations. Oh, I didn't know you sold wallpaper. Oh yes, we do. And, and then, you know, in terms of window treatments, you, you know, it, all it takes is, is you one- added window treatments to at rings end as well. Yeah, they had th- uh, three stores carrying Hunter Douglas, but we, we rolled out another 12 stores. And right. that was a challenge. You know, a lot of, there's a lot of vendor help that takes place. And, and a lot of companies will, you know, do a planogram on your existing layout, find you the space you didn't think you had. And, you know, sometimes, you know, dealers get a little used to their own layout. And, and sometimes they have, low margin items, the joint compound or boxes of rags or, or things stacked up where, you know, yes, they're impulse items, but at the same time, if you had some, something that could lead to a five or $10,000 sale at, oh, yeah. at 40 points, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And so you, you hung around uh, Rings End, they used you up for about a decade and, and then what happened? Cause I know you're um, in California now, so we're missing a little piece of the story. Well, what happened is my daughter had a, I had a grandson out West nice. and nice I realized story. that, you know, I had one daughter in New York, one daughter in, in San Francisco area in, in Marin. And I, I really didn't want to be tied down to stores, but I still really love the paint business. And I wanted to be able to use some of my, 40 years worth of experience to help dealers and to and you could see all those 40 years on your face frank i just want you to know you look like shit. i remember when you were a handsome guy that's how long i've been around 
uh, age has taken its toll. Uh, yeah. and, and, and I think everybody says paint years are like dog years. It's probably yeah. about, <laughs> paint years about 15 years. So I'm probably about 180 in, right. in real life. But so you, you know, you left I, Ring's End and, and, and uh, I started retired this, effectively. I guess I retired and um, felt the need to keep my brain moving. And since, you know, I hate to say it, but you know, when I, when I'm in towns, I like to go into paint stores and I always yeah. feel comfortable there. And some people I like know. hardware stores and, and, and some people, whatever, but with me, I love paint stores and, and I don't go in there to criticize. I just go in there to say, Hey, what's their brand and what are they pushing yep. and what are their brush line? And, and I, you know, I just, I always feel comfortable in paint stores. Maybe it's just because of my youth, always being in my dad's paint store, but I've been able to take my love of these stores and, you know, look at them and, and see things that maybe the owner doesn't see and, and be an intro to the owner, to uh, all the vendors that I've dealt with over these, these many years, you know, whether it's in the wall covering industry or the area rugs or all these add-on sales, window treatments, and the ability to use those both for retail and commercially is a big asset for these paint stores. And so what you're doing now is advising or consulting independent retailers of, of really any size on how to either uh, install, uh, if they don't have one, a, a design and decorating center that can help drive volume and profit, or to sort of reaffirm their commitment to one that they already have if it's not doing well. Does that about sum it up? Yeah, I mean, if, if, if a dealer gets me involved where they currently have a design department, they might want me to audit their existing deals in place. You know, there's book plans, there's a lot of fabric companies have different plans. And, you know, again, it's just an outside eye looking at how they're buying and, and who they're partnering with. And I think it's always more fun for me to start from scratch with someone uh, and, yeah. and looking at their layout and saying, well, we could put something here and then, you know, your flow goes this way and, and we don't want to lose that as they, you know, go to your, you know, cash register. And, and so it's been a lot of fun. It really has been, you know, a lot of dealers feel this uh, need to, you know, have spray equipment and uh, spray, you know, that's, that's a typical add on to their business model. Trouble is, is the spray equipment world, the margins are much smaller. There's yeah. a lot of pressure to get a pump out the next day if needs repair and your percentage on parts aren't always that good in the competition you know, you're feeding right into the competition a little bit. So yes, it's nice to have spray equipment, uh, but it's also great. You know, someone once said, you know, a, a yard of fabric can cost a hundred dollars and a 60 pound pail of joint compounds about, you know, $15 right. and you right. know, which one would you rather sell? Uh, right, right. So, and, and so what exactly can dealers expect in, in terms of dealing with you from the, ex, the experience uh, right from the beginning, somebody comes along and says, yeah, I, I want to improve my decor or design department. Where are you going to start? Well, I, I assess the market. I see who their competitors are, both in just standard paint stores, also where are the boxes in, in town. Also, who are the designs? What are the design stores and what are they carrying and what they have? So I do a, a market analysis. 
And then I do a store analysis and not only just, you know, how, how the imprint of their store, but, you know, do they have a color consultant and is this person the right person? Do they have interest in hiring a designer? Um, if they do, uh, sometimes I can help them with that or, or be part of the interview. So after you do this and you sort of take your assessment, uh, what, are, what are typically the, the opportunities that you're looking for? Well, I'm going to, uh, once I do the market analysis, I'm going to tell them, hey, listen, you know, there's not really a Hunter Douglas uh, dealer nearby or yes, Hunter Douglas would probably be hard for you to get, but I think I should take you in another direction. And does your color consultant ha have enough knowledge in the window treatment business or do we have to get them trained? And who are we going right. to partner with to do the training? And that just snowballs. The wallpaper business itself is not that difficult to get into immediately. Pick the right vendors and uh, decide what your margin should be. Be competitive. I think it's, and unfortunately, the world of today, a lot of people are scared of wallpaper because of the 800 numbers. I always was. I wasn't scared of the wallpaper for the 800 numbers, Frank. I was always scared because I didn't have any knowledge or experience in that space. That's the same reason why I never really messed around with uh, wallpaper or window treatments or, or any of the other design components that you're talking about. I had no experience, no connections, and I, I, was, I was terrified, frankly. And so well, that stopped me from moving forward. You know, the wallpaper uh, is such a great extension to, to, the, to paint. Uh, for a while, wallpaper was really not as popular as it has become again. Yeah. But, you know, no different than when you're selling a can of paint. Do you say, you know, do you need a brush roller or some caulk? When you're selling color, you know, what rooms are you working on? You know, do you want, you know, it seems like the entry in Connecticut used to always be, we're going to do a powder room with some wallpaper. And that's for someone who hasn't done it in a while. And then we immediately begin the conversation. And, and a lot of times the color consultant will end up doing a shop at home and, and it just leads to nice margin business. And so once you get started, you make those suggestions to them and this starts sort of uh, being integrated into their business, what what can dealers expect uh, as as far as performance? Are we looking for additional sales? Are you looking for additional margin? Do you, do you're trying to get both for people? What where's the opportunity here? I think I think if you lay out a simple design department within a a paint store, there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to do two to three hundred thousand dollars in sales within the first eighteen months. Um, at a blended of margin of anywhere from 38 to 45 points. Um, right. Sometimes you have to save a wallpaper sale by matching a price on the 800 numbers. The one thing I forgot to mention about design and decor, I don't know what made me just think of it, was that, you know, it's, it's a special order item. There's no inventory. It's yeah. paid in full. There's no receivable. There's, yeah. a, there's a nice margin to it. So, I remember explaining to the owner of Ring's End that, and he kind of looked at me and goes, well, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. No, it's, know. you know, to me, I, I've had a similar conversation with, uh, with people as I'm talking about websites, and I, I tell them all the same thing. It changes completely the relationship. You get your money before anybody gets their paint. Oh, 100%. And, and, 
And, and that's, a, that's a much better formula than the one I was using at, at Tremont Paint in the Bronx, where sometimes you'd give a guy some paint in January and it would be March or even April and, until you got to, to get your hands on that money. Well, customers understand no different than buying furniture uh, or things. You have to put a deposit on it and, or paying full when it, when it arrives. And I, what I've noticed most is that dealers have this fear of the unknown and, you know, it, it, they should not be scared of it. And when they worry about installation, for instance, with window treatments, well, Hunter Douglas has, has an installation service. You literally can take your customer that looks at, you know, one display, you know, you can email uh, the installer to go to their house and measure. You can then pick out what they need. It gets shipped to the installer's house. You don't touch it. Then upon installation, you're, you're right. You're, you're invoicing a really nice sale and yeah. it works. I think that uh, what you're offering is so interesting to me because when I think about the, the reasons why I never got into this space in my two stores, it was frankly only my fear of my inexperience. You know, the, the few thousand dollars that you would have had to invest in books and some displays and stuff is not a lot. And, and of course, space is always tight in New York City, but yeah, we could have put in a, easy enough to find a spot to put 100, 200 square feet of good display in. I just didn't know where to start. And that's what, when, when you and I were chatting the other day, that's what I thought was so impressive uh, about what's so interesting, I should say, about what you're offering is that for anybody thinking like, you know, it is a good idea. I know I should be doing some of this stuff, but I don't know where to start. Well, here you go. This is, this is where you start. Sure. It's, it's, it's pretty simple and pretty turnkey. Well, Frank, that was really an interesting conversation, and I really appreciate you uh, making the time to sit down with me and even changing your I shirt. Know. When Frank, when Frank came on, he was he was wearing a shirt that was the same color as the wall in the background, and was, all you saw was face. But when Mark Mark had his uh, Yankee hat on, I said, <laughs> "You know what, Mark? Things don't change." So it's great to see you, and thank you. It's great to see you, Frank. Before we let you go, do you want to tell people how to get in touch with you in case a dealer wants to reach out? That would be great. I guess the best way is just to email me uh, with their information. Um, and then we can move on to a phone call. But my email is fs, as in Sam Cohen, C-O-H-E-N 22 at gmail.com. Terrific. And if you didn't get that, by all means, if you're listening, I know you have my email address or you can go to my website. Feel free to uh, shoot me a text or an email and, and tell me that you'd like to speak to Frank and I'll, I'll make it happen. Frank Cohen, one of my very dear friends and a, Thanks, and a consultant to, uh, to independent paint retailers. It's great to see you. You too. And, and I'm hoping the next time you're in New York, I know you're in California now. I'm hoping the next time you're in New York, I can have you over for a cigar or bourbon or something. I would like that very much. Anyway, All right, Frank. Take care. Bye-bye.